0: Welcome to the Freedom in the Form Manifestation Podcast, where I share tips, tools, and advice to support your manifestation and growth mindset journey. Let's get started. Welcome into the Freedom in the Form Podcast. I'm your host, Anne Woods, and I'm really excited about today's guest, Claudia Corletto. So, Claudia was born and raised in the Mid City Koreatown area of Los Angeles. While a proud Angeleno, she plans to retire in Seattle, Washington, which has always been a dream of hers. She's the proud daughter of a woman who migrated from El Salvador in the 70s, raised her and her sister as a single mother, and cleaned houses for the majority of her life since arriving in California. Claudia also raised two girls with her mom and now her fiancé from 2010 until now, and while she didn't give birth to them, she considers them her own, and these girls are now young ladies, 21 and 26, with one being a a college graduate and the other well on her way to being the same. As for professionally, Claudia has her master's degree in business from Pepperdine University, specifically in leadership and managing organizational change, and is now in a senior management position at a marketing and advertising company as the director of learning and development. Her role includes career counseling, coaching employees at all levels, and her team is involved in all areas of an employee's career journey currently at 39 years old. She is now a six-figure earner and has a lot to share about how she got here. So welcome in, Claudia. I'm so excited you're here today.
1: Thank you, Anne. I mean, I'm excited to be here. That's a lot of life packed into one summer. <laughs>
0: I know, as I'm reading, I was like, wow, look at all this. <laughs> So we've talked a little bit about your story um, before we started recording, and I know you have a lot to share with my audience. Um, but first, I'd like to ask uh, to give an overview of your backstory. What was it like for you growing up? What kinds of thoughts or relationship did you have around money or business as a kid? And um, were there any specific moments that you felt like you wanted more for your life?
1: Yeah, that is that is a, a great question. I'm glad, I'm glad you asked that, um, because it's important to know, like, where did... Where did it all start, right? Where, how were how you shaped in your relationship with money? Um, as you mentioned, I was raised by a single mother. She came from El Salvador. She came with nothing. Um, she did raise my sister and I together. And it was interesting because as she was raising us, she was kind of raising herself in the U.S. Um, so that, that really um, translated to our relationship with money and relationship with finances in that there was no relationship we kind of all learned together, the three of us, my sister, my mom being in her, uh, when I was born, she was in her, in her 30s, um, but well into her 40s as my sister and I were learning together, my sister being four years older than me, we realized there's not a lot that we know, right? But I didn't notice that until I was in my teens. So um, my mom did a really good job of not sharing with us that we were poor. Um, she kind of shielded us from that. And growing up around the same type of people, we couldn't tell that we were poor. We kind of had each other to compare ourselves to, and we were all in the same boat. So I really didn't think about money, finances, credit, none of that as a kid. Um, And I, like I said, I started paying attention once I started growing up, or when I would go clean houses with my mom and my sister during vacation, let's say, I would see like, okay, this house is way bigger than ours. Um, This Christmas tree is real, and ours isn't. Like, that's where I started seeing outside of our own little bubble that, there are people that have more things and do um, do more that results in more for them. So I I do remember though, my mom working hard, uh, how tired she always was at the end of the day. So as a kid, rather than focusing on my goal about making money, my goal turned into, I want to make sure that I do enough to where my mom doesn't have to work anymore. So my focus was how do I get her to not work? Um, And that was, it was a lot of pressure to put on myself as a teenager, but it's really what drove me early on. And it did change as a teenager because, you know, as a teenager, you're thinking, I want to be independent. I want to buy a car. You think these are the things that make you independent, having a car, being able to go out. But that wasn't the reality. (laughs) The reality is for you to be independent, you got to start paying bills and you have to have those responsibilities that keep you fed and keep a roof over your head. So rather than to say, I want to have a lot of money early on, I said, I want to make sure my mom doesn't have to work. And that's, that's really where my relationship with money started. It was a mess, but that's where it began.
0: That's awesome. I love that it came from such a, like such a beautiful place inside of you. (laughs) You know, you were like, I want to help my mother who's been working hard. And did, did you, I'm curious, like, Whenever you started to realize how hard she was working, how tired she was from working so hard, did you ever think about the relationship between working hard and working smart? Or was it just, wow, I want to start working hard to take care of my mom? Um,
1: I didn't really think about working smart uh, until I started working myself. So I just thought like I have to work hard. I have to be tired to be able to earn the way my mom does. Or I have to wait for a bus for two hours so that I can say that this was a successful day at the end of the day when I started working and I started working pretty young, my first taste of any type of paycheck, I was 13. I did clean and green. So, and I did it with the school. Um, we cleaned streets and we painted over graffiti. When I saw my first paycheck, I was like, how did, why is my back hurting? And I'm 13 and I'm getting a check for like $117. What is this? And that's where I'm like, no, this whole physical pain is not translating over to, to what I'm earning, what is happening. Um, and, you know, even into my late teens, I, I dropped out when I was 16 from high school and I I started hustling, I started working. And um, that's when I, I thought to myself, there has to be something else other than what I'm doing right now, because it's not translating all this pain, all this being tired, that is similar to what my mom is feeling in her thirties, forties, fifties. Why am I feeling it, but not being compensated for it? Mm. So it didn't make sense to me at the time.
0: Yeah. And and I love that. Did that just like come from within you or did you see other things to like compare to? Um, It, it came from a little
1: bit came from within me and I didn't never really ask anyone else. How much are you making? How much are you working? How tired are you at the end of the day? But it's kind of like that moment. Um, I don't know if you watch Friends, but where Rachel, where Rachel gets her first paycheck, and she's like, "Who the hell's FICA? And why, why are they getting all my money?" That was what happened with me. Where is my money going? Why is it going this way? I had no idea that you had to pay taxes and you pay a lot in taxes. Uh, you know that that wasn't something that I was aware of. So, receiving my first couple of paychecks, that's when I noticed it, and then I started asking questions—not about everyone's compensation, but we're around, are you getting the same deductions as me? Are you missing the same amount of money that I'm missing? <laughs> so that's where the comparison came in.
0: And that's, that's definitely fair. I, yeah, I remember when I got my first paycheck as well, I was like, why is there so much taken out of this? So, right. Yeah, yes. I was like, that. am I three
1: people or is this broken down into three paychecks or am I going to see this again? And when am I going to see this?
0: Right. Yeah, that's right. so weird. And can I also ask you, I'm very curious, what, uh, what inspired you to drop out from high school?
1: It was the same thing. Every, I think every move that I made um, financially and career-wise and education-wise um, was because I wanted to make sure my mom didn't have to work. Uh, some of it had to do with, um, I, I look back and I'm thinking, was I depressed back then? Because I spent a lot of time sleeping in the day and not wanting to do anything and then working at night. Um, but I, I got fed up with school. I kind of rebelled a little bit also as a teenager in school. And I went to LA High. And at that time, it was not the best school to attend. I don't know about now. Um, but I thought I could be doing something else that's going to get me paid. And that, that's that, that um, immature thinking, right? I need to make money now. I, not, not really immature, but inexperienced. I need to make money now. I need to see the fruits of my labor now. I want all of this now. And I dropped out. I thought if I'm going to do something, I might as well get paid for it. So I did like a lot of odd jobs. Um, Although my favorite was working at Hollywood video, which doesn't exist anymore. Um, But once I started seeing that I was making more money and I was able to tell my mom, here, pay the gas, pay part of the rent. When I, when I felt that, that's when I thought, okay, this is, this was a good idea. At the moment, I thought this was a good idea.
0: And then you went back and you got your GED, right?
1: Yeah. In my early twenties, I, I went back, I had this whole plan for myself and that didn't pan out the way I wanted because of the finances influence that, that plan that I had. Um, but I did go back and I got my G. Gotcha. Okay. I,
0: I thought so. I was like, I'm pretty sure you did. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I
1: did. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, um, so overall, it sounds like you just really have this, um, like internal drive to take care of the people that you love, which again, I just think is so wonderful. So, you know, within that and within being, um, almost like empowered in order to take care of your mom and help your mom out, pay the gas bill. And then also, um, you know, the two girls that you helped to raise, Were there any sort of, you know, was there like a goal in mind of like what you wanted to accomplish or, you know, with your career, was there a moment where you're like, you know what, I want to do this and how can I get there and what kind of struggles did you go through?
1: Yeah, that's um, another great question. So when, when my mom and I, um, we kind of inherited these girls and they've, they've been a blessing when, when we got them, I was 27. So I, it was like from one day to the next. Here, here are some kids that you're now gonna raise, <laughs> um, and at that moment, my goals as far as my education changed. Um, it's, it's, you know, life has a funny way of forcing you into doing things that you were afraid to originally do. Because going to college was something I always thought about, but I thought this isn't for me. This isn't something I'm gonna do. But I decided what I wanted to accomplish when I got the girls at 27 is I want to show them that you can't, it's never too late to do anything that you want. I told myself, these girls are going to go to school and they're going to have the option to go to college. And I will talk to them about why that's the best option. How am I going to do that? If I can't influence them with my actions and and this, you know, I, I thought back to when I had my relationship with my mom as a teenager, whatever she would tell me to do is just, you're just telling me to do it, but you don't do it yourself. You haven't done it. Right. That was my rebellious stage. So I, I told myself, I'll be damned if I'm going to give these girls that opportunity to throw this against me. So guess what? I'm going to go to college. And I talked to the right people. I asked the right questions. Sometimes I talked to the wrong people, but based on their answers, I could tell, okay, I'm not, you're not the person I should be talking to about this. Um, And I did my, for my undergrad, I did University of Phoenix, which doesn't carry a lot of weight nowadays, right? Or it does now, but back then it didn't carry a lot of weight. And that was a way for me to work full time and also go to college and also do school. I went physically after work to the campus and I did school. So I wanted to make sure I have my degree so that I can teach these girls that you can do both if that's what you want to do. Um, But College is a better option. I wanted them to have that—that that go to school so that you don't feel like you have to go to work in your teenage years mm. or in your early twenties. I don't want you to feel that pressure that I felt. So go to school. If you choose not to go to school, then you're going to work and you're going to contribute, right? So that was my my goal for as far as my education with the girls. Um, as far as my career, where I'm at now, you know, I've I love teaching um it's you know i I do the learning and development i love learning and then teaching learning and teaching i I think it's a way to give back um i would love to at some point do consulting uh maybe open a career center um like a nonprofit or something these are just ideas that i have right these are the things that drive me something personal that i want to do that it's been bugging me and it's it's the seed has been planted, and I'm taking some courses on LinkedIn learning. Um, I'm passionate about the entertainment industry. I love film. I love TV. So, one of my ideas, uh, one of my goals is to um, write a, a, a screenplay, write a, a, you know, a movie, a film, a, in particular a horror film. I have an idea already in mind. So, I'm putting Bloom House Productions and meeting Jason Bloom on my vision board (laughs) because that's going to be part of my, that's going to be part of my, my goals. Right. Um, As far as compensation is concerned, I want to be able to make enough money uh, to be okay, to feel comfortable, to not have to worry about like my tire popping because I can't afford it, you know, and being able to shift when and where I want. So if I want to shift careers, I can do that because I have the means to do it. If I want to move you know, f- over the weekend, I have the means to do it. If I want a vacation at the end of the year, I have the means to do it and not always feel like it's a struggle to have to do things.
0: Right. So it's, it's, uh, yeah, that's even just having the freedom, like you said, to just move careers and be like, you know what, this is what I want to do. If it takes me a few months to find what's perfect, I can do that. Like that is some true yeah. freedom in life.
1: <laughs> and and I did that once. I did that once. I, quit my job. I was searching for something else for a year. Um, I would never recommend to someone else quit without having something already lined up because our circumstances are different. Uh, But I was not financially free at that moment to do that. I I just had enough, enough to make it through a year to try to find the next move that I wanted to make. And that in itself was, was a struggle.
0: What was that time? Like, like, what was that year? Like, what were the struggles? How did you keep focused? You know, how did you, I guess, keep your, your energy focused on like what you wanted without going super, you know, deep into like fears and letting that like the heavier energies drag you down. Yeah. So
1: I, at that moment, I listened to a lot of um, Tony Robbins. I listened to a lot of like self-help and I thought, yeah, I can do this. Um, What I know now is They their circumstances, like I said, were different. So these speakers, all these people that I listen to, they have the means to be able to quit their job. But what I did was I motivated myself and I I planned out, how how am I going to make it through this year without having a paycheck? And I leaned on my 401k. Um, And I'm so glad that I had 401k to lean on. And I told myself for this year, I'm going to just make sure that I'm comfortable, make sure that I have enough to pay the rent because I was in charge. I was the head of the household at the time when I decided to quit. Um, But my goal was those skills that I have that I, I did like 10 years of collections. Um, I was a supervisor in collections. I didn't want to do that anymore. Hmm. I found a way to make those those skills, transferable skills in the area that I wanted to work in. And that's what kept me motivated. I, I, applying to jobs sometimes was frustrating But I told myself, I can do this. And I learned how to tailor my resume for the position that I was applying for. I learned how to um, not have the same template cover letter. I forced myself to network. That's really what kept me sane, that search. Um, And still listening to the self-help audiobooks, reading a lot, uh, and telling my mom it's going to be okay. And telling her that it was going to be okay, I was really telling myself. So seeing her be calm help me stay calm. Uh, but I had my, I had my days where it was super frustrating and it's, it's going to happen. Um, but I, I told myself it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Maybe not on my timeline, but it's going to happen.
0: Mm. Yeah. That belief is so, um, so potent because it's like, yeah, even if you do have, like you said, some rough days, some rough moments, like man, you know, like, this is a struggle, but we'll get through it. And having people around you to also almost like instill that same belief in like, Hey mom, it's going to be fine. But then like having her be able to reflect that back to you with like a, keep yeah. a calm energy. Like, yeah. yeah.
1: And, and I look back now and I'm, I just think like, wow, the universe has a funny way of redirecting you. Um, because I applied for so many jobs that I thought I just need this chance. I just need this opportunity. And thinking now I'm like, That wouldn't have got me where I'm at now. It maybe would have taken me somewhere else, but I was searching for something that I thought I wanted, and it turned out that's not even what I wanted. I was looking for anything in human resources. Just give me anything, assistant, anything. And where I should have put my focus in uh, is how do I, from all these books that I'm reading, all the, the people skills that I have, where else I didn't know about learning and development. I didn't know about the training opportunity. I didn't know that HR is just an umbrella to many other things that where you can fit in. I was just trying to, I just need it now and I need it fast. And I, I rediscovered a whole new thing that I, you know, I maybe saw at one point, but didn't remember.
0: That's so interesting. So it's almost like you're spaghetti slinging and being like, whatever happens, you like whatever I'm, happens. Yeah. yeah <laughs> <laughs> just, I need something pretty like, much. Like, So how did you end up like honing in on the thing that you eventually do now? And how did you figure out that that's really what you wanted?
1: Um, when I, I I take this back to 2008, 2009, I was a supervisor in the call center in collections for four years and I was not happy. I was miserable. I had a year where I would drive home and I would sit in the car crying because it was stressful. It's a stressful job. Um, what what was my what what kept me sane there was the people that I worked with and that was the part that I enjoyed that was the the light at the end of the tunnel I really love working with people and if they're having challenges I want to sit them next to me and I want to talk to them I want to listen to them I want to let them know hey I've been there before or even not say anything and just listen to what their challenges were and that's what motivated me every single day if there was drama I'm like yes I this is something that I that I can do. I can talk to people and I can listen. Um, If someone thought I'm about to get fired. Yes, I can have a conversation about what it looks like for you to not get fired. I can talk to you about your professional development. So those four years of being a supervisor, that's when that's when it came to me. I don't care about the goals as far as money and collections and all of that. I do care about the people. So I need to do something that translates you know, the people, the people aspect into my goals. Um, I didn't, that's why I thought it's HR because HR works with people. Um, when I left the year, it was funny because I I left for a year and I found out that there was a position for a trainer at the same company that I left. No way. and, And they knew why I left my HR knew why I left the person that was hiring knew why I left. And I had a conversation with the HR manager and she said, let me talk to my sister who happened to be the hiring manager for the trainer position. And I talked to her and she said, you have all this experience in the, in the in collections that we could benefit from in training. So those were the skills that I didn't know. Oh my God, this is what I've been, I've been looking for. I know this, let me now train others how to do it. It's still call center related, but that that was my that was my my window of opportunity. This is how I'm going to learn what it's like to train others. And hey, I have an idea. Let's do a leadership program for people in the company. And that's where I learned the L and D part of it. And I went to school and Pepperdine has a great program, many great programs, but that's when I started learning about you know learning concepts and uh, the ADDIE method, all these methodologies for learning and development that I would have never known about. But it, it was kind of, kind of like a trickle effect. You know, here are the skills you have, here's what you can do, and here's what's going to slingshot you over to the next the next step.
0: Man, that is so funny that you are already where you needed to be. <laughs> I was. You know what, though? It's, it, it had to
1: happen that way, because what I was making at the time, had I done a transfer into another department, I would have not started where I started. I was, I think, around maybe 45, 50,000 plus bonus, which I don't count, never count the bonus as part of your compensation. It's just a nice to have. But being transferred over into that department, I may have gotten like a $4,000, $5,000 increase or even moved at the same. When I came back, I came back at about, um, I think I was making around, between 60 and 70, so about $15,000 more than what I was making before. And that, when you transfer within your department, sometimes that's not feasible. They have certain caps within companies that won't allow for them to give you that much compensation.
0: Again, that's just like such the universe being like, okay, I know the path that you need to go on, even if you can't see it right now. So like just taking the time to trust that and being like, you know, and again, taking that year or so that you said that you were like, all right, I know something's going to happen. I don't know what, but I know it's going to happen. I just, I just don't know when. Yeah. And it was, it's frustrating
1: because you want it now. I want it now. I can do it now. I'm just looking for that opportunity, but you know, I think I would have failed multiple times, even even leaving that company to go to another company. Um, it, it's that was that was yeah, I look back and I'm like, how did this happen? I applied to places that I would love to work at, like Warner Brothers, Netflix, things like that. And I also applied to the advertising company where I currently work. At. I applied to many places that I felt this is now the area that's going to get me where I want to be. Um and I didn't, get, I didn't get hired, I got some interviews, I didn't get hired at those other places, but at this place I did. And then when COVID hit, all these places that I applied for that I thought to myself, I have to work there. I need to work there. This is the universe again telling me, relax, calm down. All these places had layoffs, they had riffs. they had, um, especially with a department like mine, learning and development, it's, it's a nice to have, it's not a revenue generating department. They were a lot of layoffs and I, I I always I don't think about it as dwelling. I think about it more as research to what it could happen to me. Um, those positions where those people that filled those positions that I was applying for had to find other places to go. They were the ones that were posting, "Hey, um, you know, I was laid off. I'm looking for a job." So I'm like, "Man, someone's taking care of me because that would have been me."
0: Yeah. That's so powerful to just, yeah. Like you said, not dwell, but just like looking back and, and almost like yeah, the other are like, oh, okay. Yeah. Now I'm grateful for that. Thank goodness. Yeah. when
1: I, when I do look back, I'm like, this is just for research. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly.
0: I love that perspective too. Cause it is so easy to like, especially for me too, like, it's so easy for me to like go down in a rabbit hole of like, yeah, dwelling, but it's, it's like, all right, research. And then it's like, research has an ending rabbit holes do not always so right. I'm, I'm also really curious. Um, I know we touch touched on this, you know, outside of today, but what was the transition into Pepperdine? Like, like, why did you decide to go back and get more education?
1: Yeah. So um, with Pepperdine, I did, I did do my research. I looked up schools and where do I, um, what's closest, what will allow for me to continue to work full time and still learn? And then what I learn, can I apply it? So I, I reached out to a couple of schools, I don't even remember like which ones, but I do remember Pepperdine sticking out. And I, uh, you you know, you don't lose anything from joining an open house. And that's where you get your information. Um, You talk to people, you ask them, why do you come here? What makes you come here? What do you think would uh, give me an opportunity to to come here? Um, And and excuse me, kind of disappointing to learn about all schools, but it benefited me greatly. Um, Schools are required to have X percentage of um, diversity students, and Pepperdine is not an exception. I found out, because I ask a lot of questions, Pepperdine is is supposed to have at least 10% at the time. I don't know what it is now. At least 10% of diversity uh, accepted students. And you, you have to write a resume for the program that I that I uh, wanted to be accepted into, a resume, a reason why, a summary, um, because they they it was for full-time workers, the program that I was looking for for my MBA, the program that I wanted to join. Um, and I was like, well, you know what, I could be the 10%. I could be that 10% that gets accepted into the school. I have the experience that they're asking for when you're a full-time a worker. Um, I've been doing this in the field that I, I want to get my degree in, and I was accepted. And I was excited. I was nervous, but I was excited, too. And when I went to the first, um, the introduction, or what do they call it, the, it's skipping my mind right now, but when I went to to that first session, I was Physically, the 10% was so obvious that I was part of that 10% um, of diverse students. Majority were white. I want to say um, there was a small, like maybe one person that was uh, African-American, one person that was Asian, and then there was me as the only Hispanic person there. I think I was one of three, about three uh, women that were in that cohort. Wow. Um, Yeah. And still attending Pepperdine. I got to learn more about the school and I got to meet more students. Um, It was more diverse than I originally thought. Most of my classes, it was super diverse. But um, just the the acceptance piece of it, that was that was a struggle for me. I took advantage of it. Yes, please let me be your 10 percent. But it was also kind of disappointing that why is it only 10 percent?
0: And do you feel like this is something you've also, I, I would assume, but, you know, I want to hear your um, experience with this. Like, how have you experienced that also in business and in your career, like being, being a woman and being Hispanic? And, um, cause I know that there was things that you said that you, you would ask yourself the question, what pushes me out of my comfort zone? And so like, yeah. when have you been able to, um, I don't know, use different challenges or, you know, just things to your advantage throughout, um, throughout your career?
1: I think one of the things that I took advantage of is that's that Spanish speaking portion that a lot of people don't have. I'm bilingual, and for for me being bilingual, that could that could equal more comp, right? A higher compensation because you have uh, another language. And I I wouldn't have known that had I not asked or had I not seen our job postings. Hey, you're paying people more for being bilingual. What's up? Here I am, sitting bilingual, right? Yeah, um, but but also some of these challenges that I had were more internal challenges that were a result of what I thought people expected of me. So there, there are some things that people instill in you or their perception of you that makes you feel a certain way. So I, I am well aware that some people were like, Oh, you're Hispanic. Why don't you do this? Or, Hey, you're a woman. Why don't you do all the admin work, which is frustrating, but would I would I internalize it? Absolutely, I would think this is who I am. This I'm a Hispanic woman, so I'm only going to reach this level. And I'm an administrative person now because I'm a woman in in the corporate industry, um, in the corporate world. And I fought back. <laughs> I, I have this rebellious nature in me. I fought back, and I would say, no, I'm not your admin. Um. I kind of have a loud mouth too. And I was fortunate enough to work with people that we could, we could talk to each other like that. We could fight like a family, get over it like a family, but I would say, I'm not your admin. Uh, Why don't you do it? Or what's wrong with your pen? What's wrong with your pencil? Do you want a notepad so that you can take notes? I love it. I love it. (laughs) And, you know, it's, I could have continued to let that just sit with me. This is who they think I am. I have to compete with these men and it's, Sometimes it is a competition, but sometimes it's a competition that I I set on myself. Um, no one told me you have to be like other men. I told myself I have to be like these men, which is not always a good thing. We have our qualities that men don't have that we could ride all the way to the top. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, you know, telling myself what I the conversations I had with myself, the conversations people had with me pinpointing where, where are they wrong about me? Where am I wrong about myself? Where am I giving them what they think or what I think they want from me? And where can I just surprise them and say, no, this is not who I am. Let me show you who I really am.
0: Mm, my goodness. I love that so much. That really resonates (laughs) because there's so many perceptions that people will put on you. You know, I mean, even if they're not trying to be malicious or judgmental or whatever but it's so great to just take those moments of also self-reflection with yourself, say, you know what? Yeah. There's things that I'm putting on myself too, but I don't have to, like I don't have to do that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like being the head of the household at an early age. um, I, I anticipated being the head of everything, the one in charge of things, taking leadership roles, even in school, I'll be the lead here. And I got, I got tired at school. I remember telling the group, I don't want to take the lead here how about you take the lead? I had really great groups, really fun groups, and we would alternate responsibilities. That was refreshing to see that at school. And I took that to work. How about we alternate here too, instead of me doing all of this, how about we do that? Um, but that, that was an external struggle. And that, that also translates to imposter syndrome. Like I had this so, in different areas, imposter syndrome was just like, hey, here I am. And I can either feel it and dwell, or I can work through it. Um, and I found a way to work through it. And it's most of the time it was just me telling myself, this is not who you are. And this is who you could be.
0: And so what was the, I mean, was there any more to the process of that besides just like, you know, talking to yourself or were, were there like specific times that you could like expand on that or I'm such a processes and systems kind of person. So like, what did that right. look like?
1: Yeah, that's, that's a great question. Um, when it came to imposter syndrome, I, I always had someone I reported to. And like I said, I could either sit there and dwell on it or I can do something else. Um, sometimes all it takes is a question. Instead of me sitting there and asking myself, am I good enough? Am I really the right person for the job? I would ask my boss, what do you think I could be doing differently that would make me uh, you know, better in this area? So instead of asking myself, am I good enough? Let me go find out if I'm good enough. Let me go find out what I don't know. Um, Or people would see me because I I wear my heart on my sleeve. I also have big eyes. So you can always tell how I'm feeling. My facial expressions are are very telling. Um, People would ask me what's wrong. And instead of saying nothing, I'm fine. I would say, you know what? Let me run something by you really quick. Let me find out if you're feeling the same thing that I'm feeling. So vocalizing, talking to people, finding mentors. Oh, my God finding mentors that have done the things that you want to do that have the job that you want to have a career that you want to have so rewarding people are so willing to help and you won't know unless you ask for it so i had to ask for help with imposter syndrome i had to um you know i i can't just say i don't know how to do this oh you know that's too bad for me i'm such a victim i don't know how to do this let me go find out how (laughs) let me you know, put on my big girl pants and go ask, how did you do this so that I can do the same?
0: And you would ask anyone who had that position, male, female, whatever. Yeah. It was more about the skill sets. It seemed like as opposed to just like, yeah, the, the gender difference.
1: Yeah. I I saw there were um, very little women in leadership where I used to work. Um, but I saw mostly I worked for mostly males. So those are the people that I would ask, how did, how did you do it and how would you anticipate that I would do it? What what challenges do you think I'm gonna I'm gonna have? Um and they would answer my questions. There was no they would even say, I'm glad you asked because I've been wanting to talk to you about this. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah.
0: People are just so willing to help, so much more than we all think. Like there's been so many times that I've offered help to different people in different, you know, in different circumstances, different ways. And so many people don't take you up on that. And when you, and when someone does, you're like, good, I can give value. So I would assume that that's how they felt, how you felt. And you're like, you're like, I can give value to different people. Just ask.
1: Yeah. And my mom, she cleaned a house, um, for many years, of a couple that I thought, oh man, this is, they're, they're the dream. This is what I, what I envision for myself working from home, traveling, writing books. Um, uh, it, it, was, it was things that I would see that I'm like, they're so, also so relaxed, they're not stressed, they're really cool. Let me ask them. I would go with my mom to clean their house. And these were successful people. And I started with, um, his name is Jamie Duragi. I started asking him, what do you think I should do? Here's where I'm, where I'm having challenges at, at work. And then I would look forward to going with my mom because my mom worked until a really late age. She refused to stop working, even though I told her to stop. So I I, I saw this I saw that as an opportunity to go with her to keep because it keeps her alive to feel useful, right? So I would still go with her at an older age. I here I was working towards my MBA, helping my mom clean a house because I didn't want her to do it alone. And I asked that couple, what can I do? What did you do? Here's where I'm struggling at work. They, they in a way, they became my mentors. And his wife is Kathy Duragi, who's, who's an author, too. Um, they answered my questions, and they were more than willing to, to help.
0: And I love that you also just took whatever your exact, you know, circumstances were at different times in your life. It, it seems like you've done this, like, throughout your whole life. This is what I'm seeing Is that you've taken whatever circumstance you're in, whatever, you know, whatever moment in time that you're in and you're turning everything into a potential opportunity. You're like, how can I find the value in this? Even if I'm not exactly where I want to be, or even if I notice it or don't, or I don't know different weaknesses or challenges I'm going to go through. It's like, what can I learn right now? And almost like humbling yourself to that instead of being like, well, I know everything.
1: Yeah. I, and I had a boss too that told me, you know, Claudia, you don't know what you don't know. And I, when he told me that, like, what does that even mean? Like, why are you telling me this? But it's true. You don't know what you don't know. And you won't know unless you ask, you won't know unless you look or unless you try, unless you fail. And like, he was, he was right. Now I know what it means.
0: Now it makes sense. It makes more sense now. And I'm curious throughout your life, like, when did you, when did you start noticing the different advantages that you could take from Either changing your mindset, using visualization techniques. I mean, have there been things that you've dove into in terms of like manifestation, just playing with different energies? Um, you know, throughout throughout any part of your life. Like, when did things like that start to to flow in?
1: Yeah, I think um, changing my thought process happened between 2008 and 2000 those four years of being angry and trying to figure myself out. um, I, I was so, I I would sit in my anger from time to time. I mentioned I would drive home and I would cry in the car. Um, And that was kind of an aha moment for me where I'm like, wait, I'm comparing myself to this man. I'm not this man. I'm not a man. I'm comparing myself to this woman. I'm not this woman. I am Claudia. And here's what I bring to the table. So, there was a small shift during that time in my thinking. Um, And I I had read the secret, you know, I had seen the video of the secret and I'm like, okay, yeah, but it was always that. Yeah. But this doesn't apply to me. Yeah. But blah, blah, blah. I always thought it was like, yeah, it's, it's, it's a book that tells you how to think, but how does that help me? Oh my God. It it helps tremendously. (laughs) This is energy that you're putting out there that, if, if I think back to the times where I was so angry, I would listen to angry music that would make me even angrier. Oh yeah. <laughs> I there. People. Yeah. I would talk to people who were in, at my same level of anger to get more angry. I would vent to the people that would vent to me. We were kind of in the same spot. So it's like, how, how is this going to help me? That negative energy brought me down even more, but I was searching for it. So at, during that time i'm like well why can't the opposite also be true why can't thinking positively also be true if this song will change my mood why can't this upbeat song change my mood if being angry makes me angrier why can't being happy makes me make me happier so i reread the secret and when i like you know me asking myself questions i reread it and i'm like yes energy of course <laughs> You, you, um, you know, you, you are what you put out to the universe. It started making sense. And that was around the time that I'm like, I am going to go to school, watch me. And you, but you have to do the work. It's not just dream it, right? You have to do the work. Um, I love my crystals. You are well aware that I love crystals. Those are, you know, a lot of people don't believe in their energy, but having a crystal at my desk is also like having a cup of coffee at my desk. I know this cup of coffee is going to make me feel good. So, and I see it and I smell it. Why can't my crystal do the same thing for me? So I, I just think about, you know, the, even vision boards, vision boards turn your visions and dreams into a plan. You don't just sit there and stare at your vision board. You put it on, you put it on there and it now creates a path for you, or you start figuring out where is my path to get me there. Um, so, you know, long way of answering your question. It started when I was angry and I was I was just so tired of being angry. Um, you know, people, I, I could sense the people that were always happy, didn't want to be around me. I got on my own nerves. Um, I started reading more books. I, I still continue to read more books, but that was around the time where I'm like, I need to find something else. It's the music that I listen to, the people that I surround myself with. If I'm going to talk to angry people, that's where I'm going to stay um so I I have a best friend she's always been my best friend and I would tell her what I needed from her like I need to be motivated great let's do it (laughs) and she yeah she's like all right let's do it or I would tell her like oh I'm so sad and I want to be happy all right then let's be happy (laughs) she she just she's so free-spirited and I fed off of her um And I was, I was glad that I would I leaned on her during the time also that I was very angry because she was not that type of person.
0: I just love the, the different resources that you're constantly, that it seems like you're constantly just being open to and like aware of, like, even in an angry time, you're like, well, I'm listening to angry music. It's like, in a way that was a resource to continue feeding you anger or, you know, there's different times in life where it could feed you sadness or whatever. And, and um, you know, reaching out to your friend, reading books. Um, I think that there was a book that you were talking about that you've been reading recently that you really like.
1: Oh, How Women Rise. This book, this book is it's speaking to my soul. <laughs> it You know, this book is really, and it's written by uh, Sally. I hope I'm saying her name, last name, but Helgeson and Marshall Goldsmith. Um, how women rise is, it's almost like a 12 step program <laughs> or uh, for women in, in the workplace. Um, how we're not, uh, maybe we're not asking the right questions or maybe we're comparing ourselves to men. So everything that I did, that was not a good thing that I was doing. This book is like, this is what's gotten in your way of getting that next raise. Um, or my thinking of, oh, I'm good at my job, so they should just give me a raise and just recognize it. This book reminds me, um, no, not everyone's going to be looking for what Claudia's is doing. Uh, you have to go out there and put yourself out there. You have to speak for yourself and negotiate for yourself. So it's um, it puts me in the right mindset. And I read the book once, um, forgot what it said, because I was not in the right mind space for that book at the time. So I'm rereading it now and making all kinds of notes and I'm having those moments where I snap my fingers. I'm like, yes, yes, girl.
0: <laughs> of course. Yes.
1: I love that.
0: I, I, one thing that I really appreciate that I, I see as like a, a theme and, and kind of a rhythm in your life. It's like you're, you take the time to self reflect and then you build different skill sets and then you go out and like take action on those different skill sets. I feel like that's such a theme in your life.
1: Yeah. I, Thank you for pointing that out Um, for sure. Uh, I, there was a moment where my emotional intelligence was very low and I just thought like the world owes me and people owe me and um, I shouldn't have to do this. I shouldn't have to do that. All these experiences and other people's experiences have helped me with my EQ Um, being more self-aware helps me with my relationships with people being more empathetic, helps me with my relationships with people. Um, you know, understanding where I need help can push me and guide me to ask for the help of the right people that can help me. Uh, It's that all those challenges just led to the level of EQ that I have now. And I'm continuing to, to learn about I'm continuing like it's and it's never going to stop the learning on how to be more emotional intelligent is not going to stop. It's it's a process and it stays a process. Um, But yeah, I'm, I'm in a different different mind space now.
0: I'm also curious when in your life, um, I know that you are a six-figure earner now, which is awesome. And so many people, I mean, for years, I myself had that on my vision board and my goals for, was like, okay, this is my first six-figure year. It's my first one. It's my first one. And for years, it just kind of, you know, came and went and never happened for me until the last couple of years. But was there a moment for you where you're like, you know what, that is what I want. And what was your process in terms of like, well, how do I get there? And was it specifically something you wanted? I don't want to just assume.
1: It turned into something that I wanted. I, you know, like I mentioned uh, from a younger age, telling myself, I'm just going to make enough to where my mom doesn't have to work. It was kind of like chasing a goal that was unclear. Um, I mean, it's just money, 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 money. Give me give me money, right? <laughs> yeah. um, but when when I started finding out what women could potentially make and just seeing all these women posting, like share share your salary so that other people can see what you, you know, all of this is we're helping each other out. And I started seeing, well, certain levels will get you to a higher compensation. Um, being a manager will means higher comp. Being a director means higher comp. Being an executive and so on. Um, seeing that, I think it really, I want to say it was somewhere between 2019 to now that there is no end goal there's still no um you know dollar amount that i'm going to say for at that dollar amount i'm going to stop because i welcome it if you want to give it to me just give it to me oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> i'm never going to say no no no. my goal has been met don't give me that much um but now i know the six-figure area is where my skill set is the six-figure area is where my experience is therefore i am worth the six-figure area And when it comes to negotiating my compensation, that's where I'm going to be. But it really started in uh, sometime around 2019. And again, asking questions. What does it look like for me to get here? What does it look like for me to make six figures? What do I need to do to get there? And creating my own checklist. You know, that's really checking things off, but not really stopping there. It's not, okay, I did that. Give me my money. It's I did that. Now what else can I learn? Mm,
0: So like always looking for an opportunity to grow again.
1: Always, always. And your skills, the skills that you pick up along the way will, you'll see that slowly they turn into something else. Like, but, but you have to be willing to pivot. You have to be willing to change with the times. Um, your vision board changes sometimes because you're like, I no longer want to do this. Now I have something else. So if, if you could change things like that, if you could change your vision board, if you could change your vision, that means you could change your goals. Um, it's not just always, I want it. I want it now. It, Like I mentioned, the universe has a way of telling you, okay, but not right now, though. So you pivot and, but you still have that. What does it look like for me to be financially successful? Still have that in mind.
0: Mm. Before I ask my last question of the day, um, was there anything else that you wanted to share that you feel like would be helpful for people to know, like either about your story, different challenges? What do you, what else would you like to share?
1: Yeah, I I do want to share something that I wish someone would have shared with me um, in my, even in my teens, but I, I would say in my 20s, in my early 20s. Um, there is, you know, there are the goals that you set for yourself. My, my relationship with money I mentioned was rocky very early on. Um, my love language has always been giving and I'm happy and grateful to be able to do so. It's something that I can do now, and but it took me years to get here. Um, There are certain things, though, that I consider my anchors, my financial anchors, um, that keep me focused um, as far as my long-term investment in myself. And these are the things that nobody tells you about. Uh, Well, now they're out there, but really, if you don't start caring about it from an earlier age, then you're missing out. You can still do it at a later age, but you're still missing out on those opportunities, like your 401k, where you start working, ask. What does the 401k look like? What does the 401k compensation look like? This is your retirement money. Um, employee stock option, ask if a company has employee stock option because that's additional money that you could be saving towards. Um, and I, I'm so grateful my company has a wonderful employee stock option. Um, and anything else that you can really get your hands on from an employer standpoint, ask what when you're negotiating for yourself, make that part of your compensation package. As far as manifestation, I would recommend that people commit loudly. I My mom has always been a loud parent, and that's how I knew she meant business. When she was loud, she would say things like, I mean it. Okay, she means it because she's loud. I voice the things that I'm going to do. Um, I, tell, I tell my fiance, I tell my family. Sometimes I walk to the kitchen and I'm like, you watch. By the end of this year, blah, 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 blah. I did that when it came to the six figures. I did that when it came to a promotion and it helped me commit to something that I now shared with someone else. It's, it's not no longer a dream. Now I shared with someone like watch it become a have to. Um, so being, finding the right person also to voice that too. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of people say like when it comes to gossip or uh, challenging stories, you, you say things like, well, oh, I won't believe it until I see it or seeing is believing it doesn't just have to be true for gossip and a challenging story. Why can it also be true for the things that you speak, the things that you say? So when you speak it, you start planning it. Um, so I use that. I, I voice my manifestation. I commit loudly, and usually it's like one thing for the year that I'm like, "Watch me do this." My my girls sometimes they'll look at me and they're like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> when it came when it came to my promotion from manager to director. For that year, I told my girls, I remember walking into the kitchen, they were both there, and I said, I'm going to be a director by the end of this year. And one of them said, okay, so? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then when it came to the six figures, uh, I told my entire family, I am going to make six figures by the end of the year. And it happened. It, you know, it's it took some negotiating. Um, it took me even looking outside of my current role. To to even know, oh, I could be making six figures now. Um, I received an offer from another company and my company was was, was, was like, wait, 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 we can offer you that here, um, which a lot of people think, like, why would you why would you stay if you wanted to leave? I didn't hate the place. I was looking for another opportunity. I love where I work, mm-hmm. but this is where I'm going to make the, the comp. They're offering it to me now. So I'm going to take it.
0: Yeah. I think that it's so, I'm really glad that you said that. Cause I find it so important to really speak things out, like out loud, even if like, for example, like I live alone. So I'm usually just speaking to myself, which I'm fine with. <laughs> I'm fine with that. But like literally like the actual physical vibrations of your own voice is so powerful, especially subconsciously. It's like, Oh, Oh, I'm going to pay more attention to this because I'm saying it. Like, that's where, that's where I feel like people can it, um, almost like hack into their ego because it's like, it's very ego based to be like, well, of course I believe what I say. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Like hacking into that natural response is like, perfect. I can use that to my advantage. I love that you yeah. said that.
1: And I shared earlier, I want to write um, a script, right? I want to write a horror movie now because I mentioned it and now because I mentioned it on for you here. Now it's a have to for me. Now I have no choice because the commitment has, has been, has been voiced. <laughs> so I don't know, maybe it does get picked up. Maybe it doesn't get me anywhere, but the writing piece is where when I, my first step, and that's my commitment that I'm going to write it.
0: All right. I love it. Well, I can't wait, I can't wait to read it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, So my last question of the day, um, which I I think that you've already given um, some answers throughout here, which I love, I love, I love what's one action that you would recommend listeners take that would be the most impactful for either their money mindset or just a growth mindset, or even in terms of manifestation, like what's one action that you would say, this is the thing to start with. Um,
1: I think the thing to start with is not something new. It's Exploring what you're currently doing, how it's going to get you to where you want to be, even if it's uh, like wait, I'm way far from where I want to be. Okay, but what are the things that you're doing now that are going to get you there? So I'm a big believer in you know do what you love to do and then find a way to monetize it. But remember that it is a process. It doesn't happen overnight. Some things happen overnight. Some things don't. Um, when you when you manifest, you're speaking things, you're visualize. But there are often times where you have to do more of the work. The heavy lifting comes from you. Um, also remember, don't, don't, ex, you know, don't expect others to invest in you when you're not willing to invest in yourself. That's in your time, you're learning your money. Um, but yeah, don't be afraid to do the work. And when it's necessary, don't be scared of pivoting. The, the manifestation, um, visualize your growth and plan it out with the actions that you're taking today. So it's kind of like a, like a stepping stone. I, I have the same mentality when it comes to relationships too. Um, the manifestation piece, have fun with the process, but remind yourself, I still have to do the work. I can't just sit here and wait for it to land, you know, on my lap. I have to go out and do things that are going to get me there. Um, and I, I read somewhere too, that a vision without a plan is just a dream. I agree with that. I say a vision without a plan is a wish. Uh, But having a vision with a plan then makes it a goal. And those are two very different things. I wish, I wish, I hope. Great, it's nice to have hope, but what about I see it, here's how I'm going to get there. So creating that that goal for yourself, that starts with your manifestation, that starts with your positive thinking.
0: Mm-hmm. I love how grounded that is. You're like, yeah, definitely stay positive, have a beautiful vision, you know, get yourself out of your comfort, like get ready to expand, but also make sure that you are taking the steps in the 3d world <laughs> to make it actually happen.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like, are you watching a movie or are you writing it? Yes. Or are you living it eventually are you living it? And um, when it doesn't make sense, are you rewriting it? And then living up that new step.
0: Right. Exactly. Oh my goodness. Well, thank you again so much for coming on. I feel like we might need to have you back because I feel like there's still so much that that we didn't get to today. I'm sure that there's so much. I would love
1: to. Okay. Whatever you need from me, Ann. Okay.
0: Thanks, Claudia. Um, Okay. Awesome. So I hope that everyone enjoyed that today. I hope you got some amazing takeaways and um, yeah, we will see you in the next episode. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Freedom in the Form Manifestation Podcast. I really hope you found today helpful and I'd love to hear your favorite takeaway from today's episode. Go ahead and tag me on Instagram at Freedom in the Form and let me know. I'll see you next time.